Welcome to Latter-day Struggles. This is your host, Valerie. So grateful to have you guys here today. And today I wanted to do a quick follow-up from the episode that I just dropped a few days ago that had a lot to do with uh, the emptiness that some women feel when they are very underdeveloped um, because of their not really thinking about all of the potential that they have in this life. And I wanted to actually um, turn the spotlight on to the husbands or the male partners and talk a little bit about what happens or sort of some of the scenarios that come up when um, a partnership um, has, when one of the members of the partnership is the woman who is feeling very, very empty. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about, I'm gonna sort of circle back and cover a little bit of what I talked about last week, which is that in some, or maybe even many cases, couples come together and they sort of um, jointly decide that they want to live in this relationship where there are sort of specific gender roles. Mind you, that is not always the case. I, I definitely think it's not as much the case anymore as it ever used to be. It is also, it's sometimes the case. Um, I think we're, we're progressing um, beyond some, some of these very, very strict gender roles nowadays. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I am a therapist to many couples who made this choice 20 to 30 years ago, sometimes even 10 years ago. So I am 10 to 15 to 20 years and beyond. Um, I am the therapist that is working with these people that did make this choice when they were early married young couples. And they raised a family together. Oftentimes husband moves um, through a lot of career advancement and uh, wife stays home, takes care of the babies, um, does uh, the chief, the, the main childcare caregiving and they sort of live in this traditional gender rolled male and female sort of stereotypical gender roles um, inside of their family life. And oftentimes this gives way to uh, a lot of eventual uh, anger, depression, um, burnout, especially from the caregiver, from oftentimes the female caregiver. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about the man in this situation. So when I sit down with a couple, and I'm working with them on this, I'm really interested in understanding the dynamics of the couple relationship because I really kind of want to know how this arrangement came about and was it uh, driven by the man or was it something where both parties really, really bought into this arrangement? Now, mind you, there are all sorts of configurations of marriages and so I don't want to diminish the complexity that, of, you know, of marriage in general. However, I will say in my own clinical experience, most of the time in situations of this nature, the, the man and the woman agree that this is how the, they want the arrangement to be. Okay, so fast forward a few years, and oftentimes by the time they hit my office, 10, 15, 20 years later, the woman is pretty unhappy. And I'm very interested in learning and watching to see how her husband is handling the situation. I'm, I'm pleased to report that most of the time, most of the time, the husbands are very, very supportive of the growth or the potential growth of the wife in kind of walking herself in, in understanding why she is uh, burned out, why she is feeling empty, why she's feeling so dissatisfied. And 
I also want to mention that when I talk with these couples, most of the time, it's not like, oh, I don't like my children or, oh, I'm regretting I was a full-time caregiver. I think there may be some regret, but I think more so than anything, it's, it's, it's more a sense of curiosity and a desire to discover why they feel so, so empty when they're supposed to, you know, I'm putting that in hand quotes, when they're supposed to feel so satisfied by having done the right thing. Okay, so if you want to learn more about sort of the um, the anatomy of the of or at least my interpretation of what women are going through, go back to the episode right before this one because I talk a lot about the woman's experience there. But I'm going to really stay with the husband's experience here because I think this is this matters. So when a when a woman is living in a very very unsatisfying or unsatisfied life by her own interpretation, a couple of things I notice traditionally come up. Um, one of the things is, is that she, she traditionally, or at least frequently, at least in my experience, this is just my experience, you guys, is she's very resentful of, of her husband. And the reason why is because she notices and she's projecting onto him all of the feelings that she's feeling about what she's not getting to do that she's seeing him getting to do. So frequently she's staying at home experiencing what she sees as sort of the mundane nature of, of, you know, small child home life. And she's noticing career advancement, his being, um, his advancing in his education career. He may be getting promotions. There may be, um, job changes, uh, moves. There may be financial advancements and attention and camaraderie friendships, relationships, interesting things that he comes and goes from during the day. And oftentimes she's really sad. She notices that he has what she experiences as a fuller and richer life than hers. Now that is of course debatable because one might argue that uh, being a stay-at-home caregiver can potentially be very, very full and rich. And I'm not going to actually argue with that in the least because once again, I always maintain that if, if any individual chooses whatever their vocation or their work is, and it really truly is an answer to the call of their own soul, then absolutely it can be full and rich all day long. What I'm noticing though is oftentimes the woman doesn't feel satisfied, doesn't necessarily on further investigation feel as if she chose this for this for herself. She often feels as if it was chosen for her by the faith and so she's noticing that he is getting all of this psychological and emotional and relational and and um, academic development and that she is being essentially left behind so she is very very angry and resentful at him this may be an explicit anger or it may be an implicit sort of um anger through the back door what I try to work with couples um, around when this happens is that I really actually try to help them see, while also validating the legitimacy of her suffering, I try to actually help her see that she actually colluded in this arrangement. In other words, unless I notice otherwise, um, I point out that she and he together decided that this was the arrangement that they both wanted. And that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow sometimes because most of the time they say, well, I did this because I was supposed to do it. It was the right thing to do. 
And that's when I have to work with them on the fact that, well, it's the right thing to do if it feels right to you, not if it was prescribed to you by something from the outside. So was it in fact right for you? Or is it possible that there were some variation that would allow for you to both do the caregiving that you truly want to do on your own terms, um, accompanied by or in tandem with other ways of being, um, of developing or, or experiencing other developmental parts of yourself in, at the same time? And so I really work with the woman on helping her see that this isn't his fault. And I really pay close attention to him and if he's really, really supportive, of course, I'm grateful for that. And then I kind of also watch as the therapy progresses to see if he can put his money where his mouth is, meaning that let's just say, for example, she says, well, okay, I'd like to go back to school. Then the question becomes, is he truly supportive of her? Meaning that is he supportive enough of her that he is willing to rearrange his schedule to to do the lion's share of whatever the jobs, the traditional gendered jobs had been in their family life. Is he willing to take over in those roles and sort of do a little bit of a, uh, a flipping of the traditional gendered roles that they have been doing in the home? Or if he just isn't available or able to, is he very, very supportive of resourcing that out so that she can truly feel from her gut that he really, really, really supports her, not just sort of supports her in theory, but not actually in practice. I've definitely seen um, all the variations of that go down. So what the man needs to think about, what the husband needs to think about is number one, I will probably defend him if she's trying to blame this on him. Number two, I really watch to see if he is in fact supportive in um, execution, not just in theory. And then the next thing I want to offer to you guys as, um, as something that I've just noticed from the perspective of, of the husband, I have had a number of situations where a man is coming into therapy and he's coming in as an individual and there's trouble, there's trouble at home, there's trouble in the marriage. And oftentimes the trouble is, I, I don't always necessarily know as much about, well, I guess I could say, I know the, the, the iteration of their experience of their wife, but of course the wife is in the room. So I don't necessarily always know what's going on with her, but I noticed that the man is suffering quite a bit. This male client of mine, which is sort of a, it, it, it's a composite because I've seen many of this ilk <laughs> and they're suffering a lot because they're noticing that both of them have checked all those boxes and why are they so unhappy? And oftentimes um, what I notice is that they, they long for connection. They long for, um, for psychological, spiritual, emotional intimacy with their female partner and they can't, they can't break through. And I'm here to tell you guys that I can't tell you for sure because I don't have the woman in the room in this scenario, but I'm developing a theory that I think sometimes what's going on there is the woman in these marriages is so resentful of her positioning in their life, in their marriage, in their family, in her own stagnation, and that she resents him, even if maybe she doesn't necessarily explicitly acknowledge it, she doesn't show up in the marriage um, as a partner, because one, for one thing, she's, she re, perhaps, like I said, resents his ongoing progression, but another piece of it may be, she's just simply so exhausted 
and has, has it's been so long since she has done anything to just legitimately feed her own soul for its own sake that she really has nothing left to give and the thing that i also find that is very sad is that i've noticed uh, a few times that when i validate this the legitimate suffering of of these male clients it scares them to death because they see in me the validation and the legitimate true care that i experience with them as something that is threatening to them because i guess they feel like it's it's scary to be receiving genuine compassion and care from a female i find this problematic on a lot of levels um, one of which is that um, healthy intimacy um, is something that I don't think a lot of men often experience inside or outside of their marriage. And so to receive healthy connection, validation, care, even from a, a, a professional, a therapist, is um, undoing to them. And I think what it really to me brings up is, um, once again, I'm just speaking in, this, in the spirit of hunches here, Oftentimes, I think what I activate in them is such a longing for the love and the affection and the intimacy that they want with their wife that they aren't getting, that they can't actually tolerate it from, from even a legitimate source like a, like a female therapist. But of course, that's tapping into so much of their own um, fear, their own longings for deep connection. Um, and they feel like there's something wrong with them, that they may be feeling something in this room that they can't feel in their own you know, living room or their own bedroom, that it frightens them and they go away. And that's happened, um, like I said, this is, this is not a one-time thing. This has happened a few times. And so of course I have to be sensitive to this, but what I wanna, the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because I think it matters because it's just one more outcome of the fundamental problem which I see as our not necessarily always understanding in the church the, the real deep importance of both parties being deeply committed to their own growth, to their own growth on their own terms, that a man and a woman comes together in marriage in this scenario, and they are both encouraged to grow their, their souls, not for each other, not for the children, not for their parents or the prophet, they are encouraged to make something beautiful of their one big, beautiful, wild life. And oftentimes, because that isn't happening, because they're sort of assuming positions on the chessboard of Mormon life, they just make these moves sort of blindly and without a lot of thought, without a lot of consideration to whether or not it actually suits them, it actually damages their development and it damages their potential or their possibility, or I should say it imposes on their possibility to actually become psychologically, emotionally, um, sexually, and spiritually intimate with one another. It brings up resentment, um, oftentimes between the wife and the husband, and then sometimes the husband is resentful in return because he feels so alone and so, um, so, so abandoned. And it, it basically, it's very, very sad because in the service of trying to do what's right in following these sort of, this sort of prescribed path, it actually estranges the partners from each other more than anything else almost could. And so what I have to work with the couples on is starting to sort of live their lives on their own terms, trying to, starting to decide what's right for them, independent of what anybody else says, 
what is right for them. Because if it's right for them, it'll feel right. And as it feels right, it will light them up. As it lights them up, it lights their hearts up. It lights their ability up to be in deeper connection with their partners, with their children, and with their parents in heaven. And the whole entire thing shifts positions and they're actually able to be more in line with what we're actually here to become in this life, which is satisfied. We're fulfilling the measures of our creations. That doesn't come by following some path, but some sort of prescribed, you know, I was, the, meta, the metaphor I use sometimes is, you know, sometimes we're given a menu with three items on it. And we look at the three items and it doesn't even occur to us to, to think about the fact that maybe we don't like any of those items. Maybe they don't work for us. Maybe there's another menu somewhere, or maybe there's something that, that not a menu at all. Maybe we can do our own cooking, right? We can decide for ourselves what it is that um, we are here to become. And then we get the, the gift and the blessing of choosing a companion to go, come by our sides um, to become what they are to become, what they are here to become on their own terms. And we come together and do this in the family setting. But we are doing so from a place of our own deep commitment to our own growth for its own sake. And everyone in the family constellation is blessed by that philosophy. So anyhow, I hope that made sense to you guys um, as I just sort of free associated um, following some of my own thoughts and feelings about some of the work I'm doing um, as, a, as a therapist. I hope you enjoy Latter-day Struggles. I hope it is meaningful to you that I'm having the courage to get on a mic and talk about things that you're probably thinking about and wondering about and wondering if you're, there's something wrong with you that you're having these struggles. So I'm here to say, my friend, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you're normal. And um, our, our deep inquiries, our soul's struggles inside of our faith matter. And they are in the service of actually helping us come closer to God. So don't you let those, don't, don't hide those things away. Don't shove them down. Don't put them on a shelf. We can address these things together. If this is meaningful to you, please rate and review this podcast. Would love, I love positive reviews. It helps get the podcast out. Please share it with your friends and family. And please subscribe. And I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.